0: Welcome to Backstage with Becca B. with special guest, Natalie Lander. Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, she placed fifth in Legally Blonde's The Musical Search for Elle Woods competition and has since had a successful TV and film career in Los Angeles playing roles such as Debbie on ABC's The Middle. She's also starred in four different Umpro series shows at Rockwell Table and Stage. Please welcome Natalie Lander. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I mean, good. And I'm with family right now. So it's been, I left LA about uh, how many months ago? Four months ago. Okay. And uh, I don't know when I'm coming back, but
1: yeah. I mean, I don't blame you because – so are you on the East Coast? Uh, I'm in I'm in the
0: South. I'm in Dallas,
1: Texas. Oh, right oh you're in Texas. Okay, got yeah. it. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it's, pro- it's still probably so much better to be with your family yeah. than be in L.A. doing nothing.
0: Yeah, it was at the beginning of uh, this whole thing, uh, I had, like, someone, like, come over because I was – I was by myself and I was like going through it. Yeah. So, so one of my family friends came over and was like, hey, just stay with us until you can go back to Texas. And that worked out. But then I went back. Then I, as soon as flights opened up to go back to Texas, I was like, okay, I'm going back.
1: You're like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got to go back because everything's unknown right now.
1: But yeah. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's, I can't believe it's already October, almost yeah. October. And I just feel like in March, because like my birthday's in March, and so September's like my half birthday, not that I really ever celebrate that. <laughs> but I still was like, oh, by September, like yeah. six months, we'll be way out of this. And I'm like, no, we're, we're
0: worse actually. Well, we thought by like April, May, I think, that we were supposed to be back to normal.
1: I know, I know. Ugh, it's crazy. Well, it's so good to see you.
0: Good to see you too. Thanks for coming on this with me to talk into, it's my new little series that I've been doing for like since July and kind of not new right. anymore, but it's been fun. That's awesome. I think it's so awesome that you're doing this. So yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um. And I have a ton of questions, so I'll get started with some, uh, questions about theater and entertainment and all that stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, so when was the first time you knew that you wanted to be an actress and perform or, uh, be on stage, be on TV, be in film?
1: Um, I have, like, two kind of specific memories Well, when I was a kid, you know, my dad was an actor and he was on Laverne and Shirley. And so I always grew up watching him and thinking he was like the funniest guy ever. And so I don't even really remember a time in my life where I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. It was just sort of like I was born thinking that. But I remember the first time I ever felt funny was when I was 10, we took a trip to Washington DC and we went to like this dinner with a bunch of adults and I'm an only child so I I was used to being around adults. And I just remembered I had this table of like 10 adults just like cracking up. I was like talking about like this boy who I thought was like kind of gross and all these things. And I just like had them like eating out of the palm of my hand. And I remember feeling like that was the first time I felt funny and I thought, oh, this is good. Like, I like, I remember being like, this is, I like this. Yes. <laughs> I was
0: doomed. I was doomed from then. From then on. <laughs> You're know, like, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perform. I'm going to do something that involves acting. <laughs> And like maybe like I peaked when I was 10 and like that dinner was it. Like that was my
1: hosting of the Oscars. Like that was it and I'll
0: never live up to that. <laughs> I mean, I I think you've lived up. I think you've lived up to it since on stage. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. Yes, for sure. Um so did I mean, since you've done theater in LA, and you did the Legally Blonde competition. When was the first time that you really got involved with anything theater? So when I was growing up, I used to
1: beg my parents every day to let me be a TV actor. And they were very adamant. They It wasn't that they weren't supportive, but they just didn't want me to pursue acting as like a child actor. And so their sort of <laughs> consolation prize, as you would say, was like, well, we won't let you like go on TV auditions, but how about you try theater? And that's when I started getting involved in these musical theater camps in LA as a kid. And so that's where I started was like, you know, where you pay and everyone gets a part and it's like quadruple cast and like, (laughs) but I remember really feeling involved and, And I think that's like where I got a lot of my, you know, I did a lot of learning on like professionalism and being, knowing your lines and all these things. And so that's where I started. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily like professional children's theater, but that's where I started my love of theater. And my dad, who's, who's a very big influence on my life, he also really exposed me a lot to musical theater. So, you know, most kids growing up were listening to new kids on the block and I was, like, obsessed with the CD from Candide, and, like, you know, what I mean? like, so yes. my dad and I would, like, listen to Candide over and over again, and I was, like, one day I'll sing Glitter and be gay, and, you know, so that's kind of where I started, was, like, my parents were, like, allowing me the way to perform was theater. Okay,
0: that makes sense. So, uh, mm-hmm. do you remember the first, theater show you ever saw, whether it was professional or whether it was, uh, just like a community theater? Yeah. So the first, well, the,
1: I don't really remember this, but the first show I actually saw was Cats when I was five. That's becoming and my common parents, Yeah. <laughs> and my parents said that when I saw, you know, the sets, the trash heap, and when I saw the set, I, I said, boy, these cats are dirty and they were like <laughs> I thought they were very messy for cats um yeah I mean it was a trashy and then um then I wound up the first show I remember seeing and I think I was like seven was Les Mis. and and I, I remember sitting in like the fifth row in the center and just you know not being able to like take my eyes off this yeah. theater masterpiece. So Les Mis was like the first one. And, you know, obviously there's Cosette. And so I saw Little Cosette and I was like, oh. and then I saw, you know, like the, who sings, what's his name? Ja, who oh, sings no. Little People. Oh,
0: wait, what? Oh, uh, Gavroche. Gavroche, Gavroche. And he sings Little People. And I was just like, that song's for me, like. Yes! <laughs> yes i remember listening to broadway kids albums when i was like four or five and hearing castle on a cloud and little people and that was that was it for me i was like okay i love theater
1: yeah i know and it, it i mean it's funny now i've i've seen les and as an adult and i yeah. i'm like look what a downer i can't believe as a five as a seven-year-old i was like this this is awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so heartbreaking, but it's like such a, it's a spectacle. So it's like when you see it on stage, you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So
1: I really, re- I remember seeing that and just being like, this is the coolest thing ever.
0: Yes. So then, uh, what was the first theater show as a child that you participated in? Oh, my first theater show was
1: Peter Pan. <laughs> Yes. And I remember, I've always been one to not really follow, like, the rules of things, which I don't know if that's benefited me. I mean, I follow rules of, like, safety, <laughs> but, like, yeah. theater things. Like, for example, when I, you know, for Peter Pan, when I went to go audition, in the kids camp where everyone gets a part. I really wanted to be Tinkerbell. And tinkerbell was played by a
0: flashlight you know (laughs) so you see going with the flashlight obviously
1: (laughs) so it was like my competition was a flashlight but i remember they told me like oh you know you can't audition for tinkerbell like there's no one plays tinkerbell and i was like no i'm still gonna audition for tinkerbell and i fully came to my first audition i'll never forget I, I went in, and I, um, I wore bells all over me. So I was like jingling down the the aisle to go sing on the stage. And I was fully like, I'm auditioning for Tinkerbell. And they were like, actually, you're not. And I'm like, cool, well, I am. And they were like, but you're not. <laughs> and so I didn't get Tinkerbell because it was a flashlight. And I wound up getting cast as Michael. I oh, got cast
0: it, as Michael. It, yeah. I mean, it works. It, it works. <laughs> it's not, it it's well, so it's a little disappointing, but.
1: Yeah, I was definitely, they changed it to a girl. They called her Michelle. Oh. um, And, yeah. That's I remember, awesome. you know, it was. Yeah. It felt, it felt like difference. It wasn't fully Tinkerbell, but it was, it was a fun part t- to play. And I remember I counted my lines and I had 35
0: lines. You're like, okay, this worked.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, fine. 35 lines. I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not Tinkerbell. I'll take it. <laughs> it's not Tinkerbell, but fine. Did, wait, is there like a, in a dish shape anywhere of that moment because <laughs> i feel like that would be like amazing if it re- if it like surfaced somewhere oh
1: i wish i wish no you know it was like the 90s so oh. it's like before that it was before video no i'm kidding
0: it was <laughs> if, if if your parents have it somewhere find it somewhere and l- let me know post it somewhere <laughs> I definitely have a video of the
1: of me playing Michelle somewhere (laughs) that that I can find. I I have to find it on a on a VHS.
0: Yes, they're yeah, they're all on VHS. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: What are VHSs? People in the people ask. Yeah, (sighs) I can't even find things to play a VHS on these days which is crazy.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, it's, it's, it's scary because I feel like I have a lot of my childhood on VHS tape, will I ever be able to get it off? I don't know. No,
0: I, I mean, my mom, my mom could take it off for you Oh, <laughs> She's been doing okay. that for me. She's been doing that for me, so. Okay, Every what? time I come home, she's like, I, I put this on DVD for you, I'm like, great, thanks mom.
1: Uh, okay, I'm gonna send. All of a sudden, she gets like a crate of like 100 tapes. Yeah.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. This was expected. I don't know. Don't yeah. yeah. no,
1: worry. We are. We worked out a deal. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: worked. We were out this now. Um. So then, uh, did you do theater for a good amount of time following that, or did when did you start getting into TV film acting? Because you've done a lot of that too. So
1: I did theater. Um, my first like equity show but I didn't get my equity card from it because it was just like I was a it was like you know they offer three equity contracts and then I was one of the non-union ones so when I was 17 but my first like professional community theater was Fiddler on the Roof when I was 17 and I played Hava and I remember that was like a really big deal because everyone was in their 20s (laughs) yeah that's young I know. And I felt like so cool. Um, and and I'm still friends with people from that show to this day. And, um, yeah, and that was out in um, in Thousand Oaks at the Civic Arts Plaza, which was the Cabrillo Music Theater, but it's now called Five Star Theatricals and they're still, you know, doing shows. So that was my first like professional show. And then I, and I did, I didn't really do shows at my high school. I was like in drama club and I did things, but I wasn't like in the main stage shows. I just wasn't really into that. Um, But then I wound up, when I went to college, I was a theater major and I went to Pepperdine. And then when I graduated college was when I started to pursue TV and film. So I waited until I was done with school.
0: Okay. But you've still, like, while doing TV and film, you, I, it feels like you still did a little bit of theater or no, because like at Rockwell, when, whenever you started Rockwell, like, you seemed like you had done it consistently. So. You know, it's funny, like,
1: so I was, you know, I would do like little shows here and there, but like before I, I really found Rockwell, which is like such a gift. That place is such a gift, and you know, my life, your so many people's lives. Um, I kind of had like let the theater thing fall to the wayside a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah, and so I think when I had done Rockwell, my first show I did was in 2017, and I think I hadn't done a live theater show since like. 2011 wow let alone a musical like I think I had done like a little like play or one act thing but like yeah I really kind of was like oh yeah
0: no one would yeah no one would ever know that
1: (laughs) oh they. yeah I definitely was like so when I first came to Rockwell I was like so intimidated because everyone's like ridiculously talented and I'm like I remember seeing one of the shows there and being like, I want to be in this so badly, but I don't think I have the chops. But and then I was
0: like, well, oh, I'll just try. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to get back into Rockwell later. Okay, we'll let's pause. Yeah. But uh, you competed in the Legally Blonde talent search. And you <laughs> placed fifth in that. So how was – competing in something that was like that was like publicized live on tv what was that whole experience like I mean it's so interesting like
1: I have like three perspectives on it I feel like like the perspective of like when you're going when you're in it is like this is life or death. Like, if I do not get this, like, I will die. Like, that's how dramatic it was. (laughs) Um, now, then the perspective of like, when I first got off the show, and it started to air, I was like, the phone's gonna start to ring off the hook. (laughs) And now here we are 12 years later, and I was like, oh, that was basically like I did a show and it ended and that was it kind of a thing. So it's interesting how, you know, I think there's like three phases of what it was. I think I, you know, I think I really believed that like, if even if I didn't win this show, like this would kind of launch my career. And it it didn't for probably the best reasons ever because I don't know if I'd want that being like, oh, and she's yeah. known for this thing. I think it's fun that like, people who know the reality show are like, you know, secret super fans of it, yeah. you know? And I think that's really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm, maybe it's for the best that I'm not like, legally, MTV, legally on the search for Elwood's Natalie, you know? Like, um, but while I was going through it, it was like, so intense. You know, they really, you know, the producer, it's, I think what it was, was it's first a reality show. It was second an audition. Yeah. And it was, so we really went on the show being like, we're auditioning for this, which we really were, but the priority was the reality TV of it. And that was the producer's priority. So there was a lot of like, kind of like mind games going on, you know, like you would go to go to an audition and like right before you went on stage, like a producer would be interviewing you and they're like, how do you feel about your audition? And I'm like, um, I'm feeling really confident. And they're like, oh really? You are? You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure? Because, you know, last time I think like you were struggling in the rehearsal and like, seemed like, you, you know what I mean? They start putting these, like, yeah. seeds of doubt in your brain. And you're like, oh. And they're like, and what are you, you going to do if, if if you get kicked off after this? I mean, what <laughs> are you going to do? <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, um,
0: I don't know. Crawl in a hole and die. Like, that's literally, like, how. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's like you start having a panic attack mid-confidently an- mid answering questions because they're like, putting all these spins on it exactly it's like it's not a healthy way
1: like auditioning is already like mentally probably unhealthy for anyone
0: (laughs) this is like extra unhealthy yeah and um speaking of auditioning because i've talked a lot about auditioning on this and about like the nose and that everyone gets and how much like how much you have to build up your self-confidence for it um What tips would you give to someone auditioning for anything in the entertainment industry? I guess like,
1: you know, if you can really train yourself to let it go and not take it personally, I mean, I think that is a really hard thing to learn and a really hard skill to hone. Um, I know, I'm still struggling with that. Um, I've gotten better as I've gotten older because I just, everything kind of has less, like, huge weight. And maybe it's just because I'm, you know, bitter and jaded. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You've just learned. (laughs) But,
1: you know, I think, like, right, I've just learned. It's not being big. The stakes feel so high and, like, but also I've been on the other side of casting things, and you realize that like it, it is so subjective at the end of the day, like you just gotta learn how to like let it roll off your back and be like, all right, I did this On to the next, you know, and let it go and not take it so personally. And like, I, I do feel like in the past, I was very like, I would mourn the loss of a role every time and, then i'm like what i'm but i'm not really losing anything because i never had it you know so it's like stop you stop torturing
0: you don't need to torture
1: yourself is
0: basically the point of that i think yes it's like it's like don't overthink about it yeah and also like and i think a lot of actors
1: say this is like have other things in your life that you care about and that make you feel of value because you can't let this arbitrary business define your value as a human you know it and it's really hard not to let your value get wrapped up in those things I mean even like anyone you know we we always want to feel like we're a winner you know and we're excelling so I think it's normal to sort of get wrapped up like that but it you know if you can stop yourself before you know, I, I usually give myself, like, a couple hours of a pity party, and then we're done. Like, I'm like, whatever.
0: <laughs> then cut it off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then, then it's like, you're done. You're like, but, no. you know, it, some hurt more than others, and, like, I have auditions that I didn't get 10 years ago, and I'm still pissed about.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, Natalie. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. You're yeah, like, things happen for a reason. Exactly, exactly. Yes, and then going back to Legally Blonde uh, competition, Mm -hmm. it's still like, it's still talked about, at least in theater communities, so much to this day, I feel like, Mm -hmm. especially during, especially in the past couple months, I've seen a lot about it, and there's a reunion recently, Mm -hmm. so what do you think made that competition something that I mean, entertained the theater community so well. I think a couple
1: factors, definitely. And it's really funny that it's gotten this sort of, like, resurgence during the pandemic because I think people are just hard up for entertainment. And, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. In a weird way, it's like a period piece without, like, I feel like we don't think of time, like, we don't think of, like, 2014 as, like, like another period in time. We think of it as like, you know, six years ago. But when you think about the difference between like 2008, which was when the show was, and now, it's like crazy. I mean, when I was on the show, I had a Blackberry Pearl. Like,
0: yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: It was, like, such a different time. We didn't have Instagram. Facebook was, like, kind of a thing, but, like, it wasn't a thing. You know, you didn't have, like, a Facebook fan page at that time. You were just, like, on Facebook. Like, it was just such a different time. And I think, like, what's fun about it is kind of when you watch it, like, how bizarrely dated it is. And then – and how ridiculous it is. Like, you know, I think, like, people – especially working – theater people and in the industry, like I think they watch those, those like challenges we have. And they're like, they're so ridiculous. Like it's just like not real life at all. You know, I wonder if an audience, like if this show was on today, like I, I don't think an audience would buy it. Like I think they'd be like, that doesn't happen. Like, you know, we'd, we'd probably want to watch something closer to like, you know, American Idol and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's so weirdly dated.
0: But you never know
1: in this pandemic right now. It's true. I mean, the pandemic is like, people
0: are like all, all about it. Yeah. Yeah. People would, people would probably watch something like that. Uh, if it were airing right now, like in this specific time. That's true. That's true. And then. Do you still, like, keep up with the people who are in the competition with you? Because there was, as I mentioned, there was a reunion concert. Yes. So I assume that you'll still talk, probably, at least some of you.
1: Yeah, so we,
0: um,
1: let's see. I, I've stayed in touch
0: pretty much
1: with everyone. Um, no one's, like, excommunicated or in a fight or anything like that. Um, a couple of them I've, like, been very, very close with. Um, actually, Cassie Silva, Cassie S., she, she's, like, one of my best friends. And we, you know, she was at my wedding, like, all these things. Like, she's, like, super – we're super close friends. And same with Lena Hall, who – or at the time was Selena Carvajal. Like, Selena's, like, one of my very close friends, like, when she was here doing the Hedwig tour she lived with me and my husband for two months and so so i would say like of the of all the girls like those are the two that i had consistently stayed in touch with um but i would say like you know every t- any time i go to new york i'm always like i email the group and i'm like i'm in town if anyone wants to hang and you know i'll see like a handful of them um and and sometimes when they're in la i'll see them but Cassie now lives in L.A., so she's the one I see the most. Yeah. Oh, and Rhiannon, and Rhiannon. Oh, my God. Rhiannon lives in L.A. too, and I, I've seen her. She's got two kids, so she's really busy. Yeah. Um, but I see her. I've, we see each other a couple times a year.
0: But it's cool knowing that, like, a, that a show that's essentially a competition like that forms bonds and friendships that, like, last a lifetime. Like, I feel like that's cool for people... Who watched religiously back in the day To so like no to this day exactly I know and I think you
1: know I think that's why the show you know the producers really wanted drama from all of us and what I think they forget is that like we are we all like grew up working in theater and like yes like sometimes you are f- you know your competition but like at the end of the day we were like an ensemble and we were all like a cast supporting each other and so I, I they didn't really get the drama out of us because we're like oh we're used to like you know being theater people and we we're like yeah. always around each other and supporting each other, you know?
0: You're like we're friends. We're we're cheering each other on. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're kind of
1: in this cast and we're gonna support each other and that's it. We so I,
0: yeah. Like, we want all of us to win, <laughs> or to tie.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think, and I think that's kind of how everyone felt, was that we knew that, like, there could only be, like, one winner, but we did feel, like, at the end of the day, like, this was going to be great for everyone. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then uh, what's the most valuable takeaway you learned from that competition?
1: Um, I, I think I recently learned this because I – what I rewatched a lot of the show because actually, randomly before the pandemic, I started writing a one woman show about being on the show because oh. I found my journals from the show and they are so stupid. <laughs> Love that! So I started to rewatch it, and I think what I was watching the Natalie that I saw on that show, like isn't, wasn't me. And I think what I really learned is like, don't try to be what you think other people want you to be. Just be yourself. And that's what, just be authentic, you know, because I think what I was trying to do was I was trying to be like the perfect reality show contestant. I was so afraid of, you know, saying something stupid or something that they would edit. I was so afraid that they were going to like edit me into being like a shitty person. Oh, sorry. Are we allowed to cuss on here? It's it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like edit me into being some like awful human. And, you know, so I was so, I, I could really see myself like in my interviews, like I was kind of like a little bit of a robot and So I think my biggest takeaway for me personally, is just like, yeah, don't, don't try to be something you think other people want you to be. Don't put yourself in a box to like fit, like go audition for fucking Tinkerbell when there's no Tinkerbell. Like, you know, like I want to go back to that Natalie, who was like, I'm wearing bells to this audition. Like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck you guys. So that's my biggest learning
0: lesson, I think. But it's like, it's like, it was probably it had to do with, like, your, uh, what you had seen on reality TV in the past. You were probably like, I have to be exactly like that. So it's like.
1: Exactly. And before you go on a reality show, you, everyone's like, whatever you do, don't talk shit about other people. They're going to turn you into the villain and blah, 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 blah. And like, and so you're kind of like, and they're like, and don't cry. And like, you're like, oh my God. And then, you know. So, I, I, when I watch it, I can see, like, this, like, very small version of myself. Um, so anyway, but it's okay. I was protecting myself. Like, I can really see how it was, yeah. like, putting
0: up a wall. And how old were you at the time? Because you were...
1: I'm old now.
0: <laughs> yeah, how... No, no. How old were you at the time? Because I was young. I was 24. Yeah, I was 24. at top age.
1: Yeah. And I turned 25, like, I, we shot it in the month of March of 2008, and I went as a 24-year-old, and when I got back, I was, I turned 25, 20 years. (laughs) I turned, (laughs) I aged two years right there. It was insane. Um, no, I,
0: (laughs) I had my birthday when I got back from the show. (gasps) Yeah, that's a, That's already a tough age. That's like a second high school age.
1: It's true, and when you're 24, like, I really thought I was a grown-up, and now I'm 37, and I'm like, I still don't feel like a (laughs) grown-up.
0: Good to know, good to know. (laughs) Yeah, just so you know, you
1: never really feel like you're like, I have it all figured out.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I have anything figured out.
1: (laughs) And you look so young, so you're going (laughs) to... I feel like you and I drank the same juice and made the same deal with the devil.
0: (laughs) Probably. Somewhere along the way. I don't know what deal, but. (laughs) And then uh, you've also done several, I'll I'll get back into theater, but you've also done several TV shows and you had a recurring role on uh, The Middle, obviously. And you've done film and all, all that in Hollywood. So how, I mean... How did you get into TV and film and become, I mean, I would say pretty dang successful in it. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me cry. Um,
1: Cause you know, you, I never feel like I'm doing enough or I've done enough or I'm successful, which something I'm working oh. on. <laughs> it's something I'm working on, but um, yeah, you know, I, like when I got out of college, I mean, it wasn't, you know, okay. So when I got out of college, okay, sorry, I'm like, <laughs> no. that's really all it was. Here we go. I was really determined when I got out of college that I was going to be a working actor. And I like put it out there and I was like manifesting the crap out of it, whole yeah. thing. Sure enough, I had gotten a manager before I graduated college, like in my last semester, my parents were like, okay, fine, you can start, but like it cannot derail you from school. And so I wound up auditioning for this movie with Hillary and Haley Duff called Material Girls. And I graduated in April and I, my auditions were like in the beginning of April. And I wound up like going in for like, one role that was, like, their friend, and then, like, I didn't get it, and they called me in for, like, this other role of, like, this receptionist girl, and then I didn't get that, and then I went in for this role that was named actress slash model slash (laughs) whatever, and I remember I went in, and I remember being, like, well, they brought me in three times. They must want to hire me, which is, like, such a funny, like, naive, like, greatly naive thing, because, like, now I, I wouldn't think that way. But I think that's what got me the part is I was like, oh, you guys are trying to find a part for me. Okay, let's do this one. And so I wound up getting cast in that. I found out the day before I graduated that I got that part. And so to me, I was like, this is it. I'm a working act. I'm graduating college and I'm a working actress, which was very true. Um... But I also thought it was that easy, and so I was kind of in for, like, a bit of a rude awakening where it took me from, so I graduated college in 2005, and I didn't get another TV job, and it was, like, the next job I got was, like, a digital series for Warner Brothers, um, and I that took me five years to get to hey. that. But still, still, it took a long time where, but I think I had this sort of like expectation where I was like, oh, this is so easy. So unfortunately what happened, well, I guess I did Legally Blonde in 2008. So I'm kind of lying. But what I consider like my next acting job was like this show called Aim High, which actually wound up being like a huge part of my life. I met like some of my best friends doing that. And it was like my first recurring job and it was like, you know, a big set or whatever. Um, even though it wasn't like TV, you know, network TV, it was like a bigger production. And so, but it took a long time. Like, I remember when I got out of college, I was, and now this would never happen today because we live in just such a better, more open-minded world, but I was a little heavy when I got out of school. Um as anyone is when they're in school and then also like you're young and you know baby weight and you know like you yeah have all you know like like a thing so like but I didn't know because I you know was in college so like everyone kind of we all kind of looked a little little fluffy you know (laughs) and I'll never forget I went in now for that from like 2005 to 2010, I was like going in for like the hugest stuff. And like, at the time I had no idea, but I remember I went in for the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. (laughs) And I went in for the role that um, Jordana Brewster wound up getting. Cause clearly, I mean, (laughs) same type. And it was like, I was 22. And I remember, I remember reading the script and being like, ooh, it's a horror film. And she's like, she's like, Edgy and like fighting for her life. I'm gonna wear a wife beater. Like that was what my brain (laughs) was like envisioning. And I wore this like wife beater and a black bra because I just didn't know any better. (laughs) And horrible like low waisted jeans. Definitely had like a major muffin top. Just didn't know any better. Just didn't know any better. I mean, I mean, it was adorably naive. And then I. Went to the audition and I remember thinking I nailed it. And then what I thought at the time was I thought, oh, a- actresses go to auditions and then they drive to their manager's office to tell them in person how they did on the audition. <laughs> and so I
0: drove <laughs> to my what manager's. Office. Not at all. <laughs> what? I'm assuming that's not at all <laughs> supposed to happen. No,
1: it's like. No, I mean, especially now with everything on email, like you just like you don't even like now I don't even tell anyone how I did until, if I get a call back, that's all the feedback <laughs> I need, you know? Or if I get the job, you know? And so I'll never forget I walked, I walked into his office and I'm like, hey and he's like, Hi, like what are you doing here? I'm like, just finished the audition for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Felt amazing. And he was like, Great, yeah, and I'm like, so You'll probably be getting a phone call later, and he's like, "Okay, cool." And I'll never forget. And he was like, "Okay, so that's great, but um, when are you gonna get rid of this?" And he reached out and he touched my belly. Oh, I, what? Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I, oh no, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I'm working on it. Like, you know, I just got done with." school, and all this stuff, and it was, like, the first time where, like, and I feel like I specifically remember being, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, like, Hollywood or something, and I remember that really, like, sticking with me, and then I, like, drove, I walked to my car, sobbing on the phone to my mom, and then I got on Jenny Craig, (laughs) (laughs) but what? Anyway, that was a long tangent and
0: kind of a tragedy, tragic story. Yeah,
1: That's- but yeah, I think, and I think you know, I'm not saying I'm blaming that that manager at all, but like, I think that that was a really informative time where it kind of like made me. It was like the first time I didn't feel invincible, and I think from that moment on, like, I like adopted this very. Kind of like low self-worth attitude and so it took me like a a long time to shake that and i think that's what took me so long to start working regularly and it really wasn't until like my first guest star i've ever booked was when i was 28 and i was it was the middle and it was my first guest star and it was supposed to be one episode and it turned into a recurring guest star Mm -hmm. and that was sort of, like, the beginning of, like, oh, like, I'm now, now I'm a working actor. Um, but it, it yeah, it, t- it took me a long time. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Wow. So it never, it's never felt like, oh, it happens so easily. I, I it, you know, which is interesting. I think it's important to, like, share those stories with other actors because, you know, we see things on social media and online and everything looks like, oh, that just happens. And like, it, you know, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> it, it does for some people, but for most, it, it's, it's, you're in it for the marathon, you know?
0: Yeah, it's not, it's like, some people get lucky, but a lot of people have to really, really, really work at this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, to an extent, like, the people who we know at, from Rockwell who are starting to get, like, Broadway shows, who people are like, oh, well, like, that probably happened overnight for them. And it's like, no, we've been watching them on, like, L.A. stages for, like, years and years. Yeah, you're like, no, they've been singing in bars with rat
1: traps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You know, it's so true. It's like, and everyone's, like, what I'm trying to remind myself is, you know, as I get older, is like, it's not a race, like, we're all on our own journey, and, you know, it, it, there's no, there's no set deadline, you know, unless you put that on yourself. Yeah.
0: You Which we're gonna I mean,
1: do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to be working and making money, but, you know, <laughs> but, but these days, you know, but these days, I don't know. i now, I'm like, with the pandemic, I'm like, oh, cool, it's not just me. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. I think someone else said that, like, last week. <laughs> they were like, Whew. it's just a little better. <laughs> it's a little yeah. better. Yeah, so, it's, like, even the Playmobil. Yeah. So when you when you got the recurring role on The Middle, did you, like, ever expect to uh, be in that many episodes of the show? And, I mean... Did that essentially, how long after getting that, did it essentially take for you to like continue building your confidence back up?
1: So let's see, like, so I got that in 2000, September, like right around this time, actually, September 2011. And, um, you know, I really kind of felt like, okay, like, this is like the beginning. This is now. It's funny how like every time I get like a new job, I'm like, okay, this is the start now. Now we're starting, but yeah. I have to remember myself. Well, I'm like, no, you started a long time ago and you're just like continuing, you know? Um, so, you know, gotta reframe a little, but yeah. So when I, I got that in 2011 and then um, it was fun. The casting director G. Charles Wright was sort of like a friend of mine at the time. Like we're now, na- actually he's now one of my closest friends. But at the time, like we were friendly Um, because I had taken his class, and so he knew me, and he, when I got cast in it, he wound up sending me, like, an email saying, Oh, actually, before I got cast in that, this is a good actor story, was, he called me in for a part on the middle, and the character was, like, girl one. And I was, like, okay, cool, you know, but I wanted to be on the middle, so, yeah, so I went in, I did it, it was, like, one line, and he told me in the room, he was like, great, I'm going to bring you back to producers next week for this role. And I was like, okay, awesome. And I rounded, like, I emailed my reps, and I was like, I'm getting a call back, all this stuff. Well, the week goes by, I heard nothing. And I was like, oh, my God, like, he must have watched the tape back and was like, oof what happened? That was bad, actually. I don't know. I was under a spell in the room, and then I watched it back, and it was a pile of hot trash, you know? And I was, like, so embarrassed, and I was, like, bored. I was just mortified. And then, like, another week goes by, and he emails me. Gee, emails me. He goes, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you sooner. I just wanted you to know I didn't call you back for that role for Girl 1, because I felt like you were going to get it and I was reading ahead and there's a bunch of other roles coming up in the season that are better and bigger and better that I think you're more right for so I'm going to say I'm saving you for that and so that was like just like one of those reminders where you're like you know you just never know what's going on behind the scenes like when you hear nothing you're like it, it could mean that they're finding something else for you. You just don't know. And then I went in for that and I got that part and it turned into what it did. And then, you know, I think like when I turned 30, um, in 2013, no wait, 2013, well, I don't know, 14. I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Uh, I'm, I'm t- 37 now. So seven years ago, 2013. But- how, like how? No. Trust me, I have no idea. It's very confusing. It's very confusing.
0: How old do people think? You um, you? I just, have, I just have to, I just have to ask this How old do people do you get?
1: I think now I get like late twenty, like mid to late twenties, okay. maybe thirty.
0: So you don't get like sixteen and seventeen forever, though. Because I'm, sure no. oh. I'm in. <laughs> yes, you know what? The last time
1: I played high school was when I was 32, and the woman who played my mom was 40. And I did the math, and I was like, "I'm closer to 40 now than I am to 16." And I was like, "This has to stop." And that's when I retired from. Things. So when I was 32, I was like, "I'm. I don't. I'm good at this." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was like, I feel like you're in the same per- same exact predicament. I the- I think you even look,
1: because I think you even look younger than I did yeah. at your age. You look younger. Because <laughs> you're, how old are you? 27. Yeah, you look even younger than I did. <laughs> I thought you were 23. Yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah you look so young you would you ever do you want to pursue tv ever more behind the scenes (laughs) but
0: because you got a good look kid that's what i've heard but i'm
1: like "Mm." (laughs) i mean people probably think you're like 15 yeah yeah but i'm sure that i'm sure that happens with you when i was when i was 28 playing 16 on the middle people i i was definitely like could pass for 16, 17, you know, yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure, I could say. but now I'm like,
1: oh, (laughs) but yeah, so anyway, no more high school for me, thank God, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing high school, (laughs) no, no, no more of that,
0: but I don't know where we left off, I don't think I answered your question, (laughs) but the middle was such a good, I think somewhere in the middle, but it was like, It was, like, such, I mean, you were on that for forever, (laughs) so. Yeah, I mean,
1: it was just, like, the gift that kept on giving, you know, and from 2011 to 2017, you know, I always kind of knew, I was like, yeah, I'll probably do a couple episodes of The Middle this year, and it was such, like, a great feeling just to know that show was going and to know that I'd probably, you know, be asked back, um, And, you know, when it ended, I was, it was, it was definitely like, it was sad to see that show go because there is comfort, you know, so much comfort in knowing you like, just like in the back of your head being like, I could work on something because, you know, they're bringing me back or whatever.
0: Yeah. And I mean, how many seasons did that show run for? Because I feel like it was a long time and it still airs on TV. Yeah,
1: I think it aired, I think it was nine seasons.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, most shows get, like, I mean, five seasons max these days. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's such a good show. I mean, I, I still, like, I still, like, if I see it on TV, I'll, like, tune in and watch
0: it, and it's just, like, it's so funny, and well, it's just so well done. Yes, for sure. And then, um, how soon after The Middle ended, or did, was it before The Middle ended? that you got, that you discovered Rockwell? So it was in
1: 2016, I saw the True Beverly Hills show. And I remember seeing, I had seen some other, like, of the For the Record shows there a couple years before, but it had been a while. And I just, there was something though about the Umpo series that I just was like, oh, cause when I saw For the Record, I was like, wow, everyone's amazing, but like, I'm not cool enough to do shows like this. And so I was just like, whatever. And then I, um, I wound up seeing *True Beverly Hills* and being like, I have to do one of these. And I met Kat Tokars after the show, who was in it, and she was so sweet. And I just asked her, I go, how do people get involved in these? And she was like, Well, our next one is *Mean Girls*, and I think you'd be perfect for it. She was like, Give me your number, and I'll text you when they announce the auditions. And I was like, okay, and then I'm thinking, she's never gonna remember, like it's October and the show doesn't start until January, like, you know. But sure enough, I wound up getting this text from her and she was like, hey, this is Kat, like here's the info on the auditions. And I sent in my tape and it was due on a Thursday at like 11 in the morning and I sent it in and like 20 minutes later, I get an email from Kate Pizakis, who was running Rockwell at the time, and she was like, can you come in today? We're having callbacks, like, now. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I went, and, um, I actually, it was funny, I had done my tape in the morning, so I was already dressed in the outfit I wore in the tape, so I just, hey! <laughs> I was just like, well, I'm just gonna go, yeah. So then I went, and I met Ty, Blue, and Kate Pizakis. And what was funny, I, I pulled a, a Tinkerbell moment, was Ty was like, oh, we're gonna have you read for Karen. And I had it in my head, like, I'm gonna be Gretchen. Like, there's no, and there is no other part really for me other than that. That was perfect. I was like, no, I am playing Gretchen. And I said to, I remember saying to Ty, I was like, no, no, I'm not reading for Karen. And he was like, oh, oh I'm like, oh, I prepared, I prepared Gretchen. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Let's let her do it. And then that was it. They were like, oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to play Gretchen no matter what.
0: Yes. And you had, uh, I mean, from being on a comedy show, I guess you were already good at the Rockwell style of improv I actually, like, had no No? real, like,
1: training. Actually, like, Rockwell, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, alerted me that, like, I'm, I'm an improviser. I never really thought of it. I never thought of myself as that. So all of a sudden, like, I found a new skill at Rockwell, and I was like, oh, like, I like improvising. I like creating. I mean, I think also the Rockwell, like, I had done, I had been a writer before, but I never really thought of myself as, like, a writer-creator. And like, what's so cool about those shows is like, you can, you kind of become all those things. You become, and it was such a valuable learning time for me.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you, I mean, um, in Mean Girls specifically, like there were lots of, I mean, very great improv moments that you had. Speaking of improv, what was your favorite thing to add to that show? Like, your favorite scene to add to that show or line to add to the show. Oh, wow. Because you cracked everyone up, like, ev- every night. And, I mean, you made people break character from <laughs> from being, being just like you and hilarious on stage.
1: So, I guess my favorite part, which I think is maybe the other people's favorite, was the Hanukkah song. But what's funny is how that came about during rehearsal was that basically we were doing rehearsal and Ty was like, "Oh, we can't do the Hanukkah. I, we can't. Sorry, we can't do a Christmas. We can't do the Christmas song. It's too close to the movie."
0: Yeah.
1: And they were like, "Okay, so what are we gonna do?" And they're like, "Let's just play like two seconds of Jingle Bell Rock and we'll stop it and we'll move on." And I was like, "No, I'm like, no, guys. What if instead?" of a sexy Christmas song. I'm like, we do a sexy Hanukkah song, you know? And everyone's like, and I'm like, like this, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, like, and I like did it. And they were like, everyone's dying laughing, and they were like, nope, that's what's gonna happen in the show. Like, and it was just me pitching it in rehearsal that became part of the show. And it was like exactly the way i pitched it in rehearsal where i was like no guys i have the best idea ever and they're like that was ridiculous we're putting that in the show whether you like it or not so
0: <laughs> and and you essentially got to write something into that show too, yeah as you were talking about and it was so
1: insane and then like you know the best was like corbin who played regina was so you know she loves to like dangle carrots I feel like and play games and like yeah. you know so she like let me go on forever and then like I would you know until and then she would just like let it go as a joke as yeah. long as I could you know basically hump the floor.
0: Yeah the audience would, would be like doing like there, there would be like multiple spit takes in the audience happening Yeah. 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 Was, I, I remember the first time watching it and I was like <laughs> And then it just shows you, like, you know,
1: what's so fun is, like, that was just me pitching something in rehearsal that was just silly that I really was, I, I wasn't trying to, like, make a bit. And I think that's another thing just, like, I've learned about improv over the years now is, like, you can't try to be funny. So, like, that just came out of, like, a genuine, like, place, which
0: then made it more funny, you know? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't, like, over trying to do anything. It was... great. Right. Yeah. Love that. And, um, so you've done a lot of shows since then at Rockwell. What show has been your favorite to participate in at at, at Rockwell?
1: It's so hard because it's kind of like picking your favorite child. Um, because I love so many of them because they like give you so much freedom with your character, you know, with what you do. Like, I feel like in every show, I've had, like, these moments where I'm, like, this is so, like, this is just, like, this is why I do what I do, you know? Um, I will say Bridesmaids, I think, was, you know, my favorite for so many reasons. Just, one, I loved that movie so much. And Kristen Wiig is one of my, like, favorite, like, actresses. And I think she's hilarious and amazing. And, you know, I think for me to, like, do that role at the show. And, and, you know, what's fun about that show was, like, because, I mean, I guess Home Alone was very similar, too, but, like, because I was, like, in everything, I yeah. felt like when I would start that show, I literally would just push on and, like, brr, and it would just, like, go on the thing, you know? And it was just so, it was so fun because I think it really just, like, utilized... If I were to pick, like, oh, if if I were to say someone, like, you want to come see everything I do? Come see this show, because I got to sing, I got to be funny, I got to be vulnerable, I got, you know, I think it just had, like, everything that I want to do in every role that I bring to life.
0: Yeah, it really showed all your skills in one, in, like, what, two hours? little. yeah. Yeah.
1: And it, yeah, it was just so fun. And then also, you know, we bonded so much as a cast that one. I mean, we. I mean, I have friends, such good friends from all the shows I've done there, which is amazing. It's such a family. And as you know, yeah. you know, you're, you're an adopted family member. <laughs> and, you know, it's, but like bridesmaids in particular, like, we just had like this really special bond. And I think you know, it was majority of women, and it was just like, it was just a really cool time, and yeah. I loved that show, but I loved, I loved Home Alone and I loved Clueless.
0: Yes, <laughs> all, all fantastic shows, and all really well done, and the audiences, like, there's something about the shows, about the, mus- about the musical parodies, that keep the audiences, like, a ton of repeat guests coming back over and over yeah. again. What do you think that is that like draws crowds back and draws new people in?
1: I just think like, it's, I, I mean, I've sat in the audience and I've seen shows and I've obviously been in them. And like, there's just something about the way the shows are designed where I feel like as an audience member, you're like in on it with them. Like they're like, you're like, the next cat, the audience is like also in the show. Like, I mean, obviously it's so like, you're like literally like being sat on by people in the show and like spit on like now with COVID, I'm like look, like (laughs) close, get away from me. But like, you know, you're literally being like, you know, accosted by performers. (laughs) But like, you know, I think that, yeah, like as an audience member, like you just feel like, you're in it with them, and, like, it's so, it's immersive, but it's so inclusive in, like, a weird way. I, I don't know, like, it, it, it's kind
0: of a magical thing there. Yeah, I, I mean, and I feel like it's something that wouldn't, that only works at a place like Rockwell, because it's, like, the show, because it's an intimate setting. Yeah, it's true, and you can, like, you know, uh, one of my
1: favorite memories, I think it was in, what show was it? I think it was in, I don't know, I don't remember which show it was. But I had like a, it probably wasn't Bridesmaid because I had like a moment of downtime. So it wasn't Bridesmaids or Home Alone because I think in those two shows I was never downtime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was all you. Yeah. It was, it must've been Clueless. I don't know what it was, anyway. One of them, I had a moment when I was off stage and like, I know you know, but if someone's watching this that doesn't know, like backstage is really just like- Not backstage. On stage, you're just like, you still can be seen and you can still see the audience and you're, you're still like really close to the audience. And I remember having this moment where I was watching someone watching the show and they were so connected and in the moment watching it. Like you could, I looked at this person and they were laughing and they were like listening and they were just taking it all in. And I was like, looking at this person, I was like, I don't know what this person's life is, but right at this moment, I'm going to cry now. This always makes me cry. But in this moment, like they're just experiencing pure,
0: joy. I'm yeah.
1: This no. That's making me, this so me too. And like, when I saw that, I'm like, this isn't why you have to do these things because it's just like this one moment in time where people aren't, you know, in pain or experiencing their life. And I just was like, I am part of this joy. Like, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, it's like, yeah, obviously, I'm a crazy person because I'm crying right now. No, <laughs> it's I be good too. But you know, you know that feeling, and like, and I was I was watching this person, and I started to cry watching them backstage, and I'm like, this is insane. But like, it was just this moment where I was like, because sometimes I feel like, oh, am I an actor, and I'm just like the most selfish person on the planet. Like, am I just doing this for my own ego because I just want attention or whatever? And then when I have a moment like that, I'm like, no, I'm like, this is like, this is healing for them, for me. This is like the most human experience we could ever have. And like,
0: yeah, that's, that's my, that's, that's, it's just so cool. It's an escape. It's. I mean, why people go to any theater show to get to enjoy their night, afternoon, anything? Yeah, it's so true. And it's like,
1: we don't know where everyone goes after they leave, but like, you know, I know I go home to my own cluster of things that I perceive as problems or or pain or whatever. And like, but when I'm at Rockwell, none of it exists I'm just pure happiness or when I'm working on on a show or on set like it's just like it doesn't exist in that moment and it's so amazing and it's also for the audience and it's also for the performer and it it's yeah it's really it's really special that's the time when I'm like oh that that's why I do it I'm not I'm not a total asshole (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you played a lot of iconic roles in Rockwell shows that are, like, that people love from movies and, like, roles that you yourself love, as you mentioned, uh, Brighton's mm-hmm. teenage wise Um, what, how do you, uh, make characters that are so iconic, like, uh, whether it was, uh, Gretchen Mean Girls, Ty, etc., or, uh, your own, in a way, and make them still lovable? yeah.
1: I don't know, you know, I think like, I approach it from like, because I think every character that I have played at Rockwell thus far, I've been a fan of every single character and movie. So like, I think I first come from like a place of fandom where I'm like, I wanna do it just, I wanna do these characters justice as a fan of them. And then, What's fun is then, like, starting from that point and then bringing in my own kind of fan interpretation of what they are so they're not just, like, me trying to copy, you know, Lacey Chabert's performance or Brittany Murphy's performance. It's like, this is the Natalie version. But I, I think the baseline is that I am a huge fan and I respect and honor their original performance kind of thing
0: that yeah that probably that definitely helps and the fact that you're a fan of the movies it's like yeah i want to do this justice
1: exactly i want i want to like i want to bring it to life and i want someone who is an is a, also a fan to come and be like yes you know yeah. that satisfied their fan itch
0: and Lacey did come to mean girls right she did What did she have to say, like, about your performance as Gretchen? I don't
1: remember! I feel like I I probably was just, like, I was probably pretty intimidated, but I remember being a little, like, nervous about it, because, like, I'm like, what would that be like to come and see this thing that you did? And, like, would that be weird and kind of, like, uncomfortable? Um, so I think I was a little just, like, trying, like, hey, you know a little awkward with her, but um, she was so gracious and so kind and, like, very, you know, seemed to love the show. And, um, yeah, I'm sure it was really weird for her, but she, she was a trooper.
0: I don't know what I like, I have to circle back, because to earlier when we were talking about Les Mis and when I was, saying, when I was mentioning Broadway kids and hearing Castle on the Cloud for the first time, because, fun fact, is she actually sung castle on the cloud on broadway kids album so that was the first time i ever heard that song yeah she did because that
1: on broadway or on the tour
0: or something like that yeah but i listened to all those broadway kids albums so many times and i didn't it didn't connect to like a good while after i saw that movie that it was the same person. that was the
1: same person yeah i know it's so crazy
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I just had thought that fun fact. I um, love that, yeah. And then, speaking of these Rockwell parodies, um, if you could turn any movie into a musical nowadays, what would it be?
1: Okay, well, I've always wanted to do Drop Dead Gorgeous as a musical. Okay. Not necessarily an Umpo parody, because I, I to me... I think the fan base is a little niche so like I'm not sure like it would do very well because like there aren't that many fans of it but I think it would be a great musical with original music and actually like 10 years ago I think um I did a workshop of they did they were gonna do a musical of Sweet Valley High as a movie written by Diablo Cody, she wrote the script, and the music was by Brian Yorkey and Tom Kitt. Yeah. Yes. And so we did, I did a workshop of it. I was like ensemble member, like 50, 100, you know. (laughs) Um, We did it at Universal, and it was like a musical pitch, I guess you could say, of the show. And I met, and I really hit it off with Tom Kitt. He was so nice. And I had mentioned to him, Drop Dead Gorgeous would be such a great musical. And he was like, oh, I never saw it. And so at the end of the rehearsal and the the workshop, I had a DVD of Drop Dead Gorgeous, and I gave it to him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With a note saying like if you ever make a musical of this, like I mean you have to call me. Um and <laughs> so anyway, I gave that to him. So we'll see if that ever happens, but what does such a good musical. I mean
0: it's such a big cast and it's all girls and like I think it would be great. That'd be amazing. And Brian your and Tom Kit are amazing genius. Yeah. I have to say that movie never went anywhere
1: it never got made obviously we would have heard about it um it was the music was so good I wish I had it somewhere like the music was so good the script was so funny because Diablo Cody wrote it It was it was like really dark and weird but I don't know I mean they're good at making hits
0: that's all I have (laughs) to say
1: I know. I don't know why that never got made, but maybe one day
0: it would. Yeah, well, I was going to say maybe one day. And yeah. then, um, going back to Rocco real quick, I asked what show was your favorite, but what show, what show or role challenged you the most, do you think?
1: Um, let's
0: see. What show or role challenged me?
1: I mean, I think Bridesmaids was like the, was a really big challenge for me because I think When I first got it, I didn't necessarily have the confidence that I could pull it off or carry a show like that. Um, You know, even though I had like carried shows, like I was Annie and Annie when I was, you know, 12, but like, you know, it's so different. Um, So I was really worried because, and being that a lot of these shows are created in rehearsal essentially, I was very afraid that, like, I wouldn't have any ideas or, like, I wouldn't come up with the material. I did have a major meltdown on, op- on like, the first preview before, not my most glamorous moment, and I still apologize to Kate about it to this day.
0: <laughs>
1: Just, I, nerves. Getting the best I time. was just, it was so much pressure. And like, you know, like we'll say, like these shows kind of like are thrown, are a little thrown together at times. And like, they really don't find their groove until like a couple, like a week or you two. Yeah. And so I remember that first preview of Bridesmaids we were opening and I was like, we, like, I'm not ready. Like there were moments in the show that kind of weren't even like written yet. Like, and I just like lost my shit. Um, but I told myself that I'm going to take care of myself. Like, and that's what I had to do is I just had to be like, Natalie, you're going to take care of yourself on stage and you're going to be fine. You're going to, you're just going to allow, if something's not there, you're going to allow something to come out of your mouth and it will be there. And, and then I. Did it, and then that night was really successful, and Kate was super happy, and Marissa was super happy, and like, and then I was like, okay, like I can handle this, I can do this. I'm. I was also getting married like two weeks later, which was like I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I think I remember that. (laughs) I also I like had a little bit of stress, even though like our wedding was not a stressful experience. But I'm like that that you know it was just like a lot was going on at the same time. I think you know it can. Listen, you can't call yourself an actress if you
0: haven't had a diva meltdown, so. Hey. I had a diva meltdown. It it happens. Because a lot of funny things have happened on stage at Rockwell. What's the funniest thing that's happened during your show?
1: Oh, gosh. The funniest? I'm trying to think. I mean, God, I have to, like, think. I have a really bad memory for things like that. Um, I mean, well, I can't think of the funniest, but the only person that really ever made me crack on stage is Garrett Clayton. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I just – I don't know what he does to me, but, like, I cannot – He, like, will look you, like, dead in the eye, and, like, it just would make me laugh so hard sometimes, and, like, I just couldn't, and actually me and Ashley Argoda, like, would always laugh at each other for some reason, like, we just, like, (laughs) I I don't know what it was, like, she and I would just look at each other and just, like, start to laugh out of nowhere, we're, like, we don't even know what's really funny right now, but, like, those are the two people that would really make me ever crack on stage, um, but, yeah, trying to, I, I don't know what the funniest thing. I mean, you know, we always had, like, our awesome, like, uh, you know, mics going out or, like. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, You know. Yeah, that happens. I think I have a video of you and Ashley just, like, staring at each other, cracking up, laughing online somewhere. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that one because I, <laughs>
1: I don't know what it is. Like, with her, like, the two of us, like, we would just, like, look at each other. Yeah. And, like, I don't know even why we were laughing. But Her and Garrett would, I mean, Garrett would just, like, give me this look, and he, when he was playing Travis, usually, in Clueless, and he would just kind of give me this, he, like, would get this, like, dumb, like, blank look on his face as the character, and it would just make me laugh so hard, and so those are, you know.
0: He's, he's ridiculous. <laughs> There's so he's, many, yeah. And the glitter every night, too, on stage in Clueless. Oh, my God.
1: When he was playing Christian, I was, like, so, like, weirdly attracted to him.
0: (laughs) I mean, he's throwing glitter
1: everywhere. He's throwing glitter. I'm, like, he's playing this, like, flamboyantly gay character, and yet I think it's so hot. Like, he went into, like, a full split, and I'm, like, oh, that was so hot. Like, what? (laughs)
0: Did
1: you ever have this conversation with him? Um, he might find this out if he watches this episode. No, I think I did tell him once, I was like, I don't know, when you're- when you're Christian, I'm like, take me, I'm your- I told my husband, like, listen, I don't know what to tell you.
0: I- I might be in love with Garrett right now.
1: only in love with him when he's playing Christian, extremely gay. So I don't know what that means about me, but- (laughs) But Something. Hey.
0: Help, that was my elbow, I'm it's a wall. wall. There was a wall behind me too. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to elbow it. Oh, and then, um, who do you look up to in the entertainment industry? <sighs>
1: Let's see. Well, I always looked up to my dad, and I still do. Um, he is, to me, the funniest, most talentedest person ever. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, I grew up watching him on TV, and watching him as his daughter, and I just always, he's always been such a huge influence and inspiration, and um, yeah. So my dad, as cheesy as that is. (laughs) No, that's so sweet, though. (laughs) I love that. Uh It makes sense, though, too. Yeah, he, and he's the greatest. He's so cute. You know, and and my dad, you know, he has MS. And so he's had it, uh, or he was diagnosed when I was 18 months. So he's had it most of my life. So he really hasn't, like, you know, really been working as an actor for, you know, maybe the last 10 years. And, you know, I think also there's, like, a piece of me that feels this kind of need and want to carry on his legacy uh, because he wasn't able to physically work for you know after a certain point and i think there's something about me is like i want to like i want to carry it on for him and in his like honor
0: and like make him proud yeah you do (laughs) i'm sure you do and then um what's your dream role what would be your dream role on stage in a show like like a like a show that's already going on right now yeah um at Elle Woods. I still wanna play El Woods. <laughs> yes. I I would love for that to come back.
1: <sighs> I think like also I wanna play Elle Woods now the way like I would play her now because I think when I played her then I, I was or when I was auditioning then I was just kind of trying to be a carbon copy of what Laura Belbendy was. And I think like if I were to do it now, it would just be like such a different um incarnation, and I would just be
0: curious to see how that kind of panned out. You, you would uh, be able to, like, probably to make it your own and work on making it your own? Yeah,
1: your own. I think I would approach it the same way, where I'm like, well, I'm a fan of this thing, and then here's my spin on it. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Like so, yeah, love I, love would, I still want to play Elwoods. Okay. I'm down. I'm down. I want to see, I want to see it so bad on stage. And, yeah. and then, um, I mean, I know there's tons of productions, but like, I would love to see it on like, in like Broadway aspect on stage. Totally. Totally. And then, um, what, I mean, we already covered this kind of, but what advice would you give to young performers in the industry?
1: My advice. Yeah. would, would be, you know, just be you, be you unapologetically you, because there is no other, like, we're all little snowflakes in this world. And, you know, I think the more we try to, like, fit into what we think people want us to be, the further away we get from being any of it. And so I just feel like, I you know, I think that's the advice I wish someone had told me was like, so your manager told you you were fat, like, fuck that. Like you're, that's you like, love that, own that, like be that thing, you know, um, instead of then, you know, being like, oh, you know, what am I and where do I fit in? And, you know, am I, what, what am I going to be in this, in this industry? And like, the really thing is like you can only be you in this industry and just and I think that's what people are drawn to because I think the parts that I've gotten is when I go in and I'm like comfortable and I'm myself and I say I'm not nervous, but like I'm comfortable and I'm myself, and I've made a specific choice, and there's just like no thought in my brain where I'm like, is this what they like like is this yeah. is this working like when I go in like that, it's like go away like you know like but when i go in and i'm like oh hi this is me this is what i have to bring and um do you like it or not And usually they're like yeah we like that it's it's just crazy the way it works i mean it's kind of like dating like just don't be desperate and weird yeah and be you (laughs) yeah and just be you and, and you're gonna find someone who loves you for you and thankfully this industry is not a monogamous relationship. So you're going to just sled it up all over town working. Yes. I want a really slutty career. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I know that, um, that I, in some aspects, the entertainment industry has kind of started to come back from mm-hmm. all this going on, but the theater side of things hasn't yet. So based on, I mean, What's come back so far? How do you think the live theater aspect of entertainment will be different when it is able to come back?
1: I don't know. You know, I wonder, I feel like with theater, like there can't be an in-between. Like, I just don't think we can go back to where like, yeah, we can have theater and like half the people, you know, every other row is empty and every other seat is empty and all this stuff. I just think like, to me, I don't think, Going, ha- going back halfway would even work, and so I hope that when we do go back, it's like 100% all the way, and then it's like a huge celebration, you know, and that people are going to want to, you know, be patrons of the arts, and people, there's just going to be like an explosion of, of work, you know, I mean, that's kind of how, what I hope for it, because yeah, I, I don't know if for me personally, even like I've been we've been very strict with our quarantine at our house, mainly because my dad, and I see my dad, and, you know, he's very susceptible. Like, I don't think I'd be comfortable going back even, like, to a halfway point. So, I know, it's just crazy, but the only thing I can think is, like, already the six months has kind of flown by. So, you know, maybe, by next year like it's crazy to think this will have gone on that long but i also think like it's going to fly by before yeah. we know it
0: yeah hopefully so cuz it has
1: yeah. flown by it's so weird it's like it's slow by and yet i feel like it's so slow like it's just both things i'm like what how's that possible it can't be fast and slow at the same time that makes no sense
0: yeah and then, um, speaking of celebrating, what's the first thing you're gonna do once quarantine ends?
1: Oh. Gosh, I don't know. I think I, I definitely am, like, feeling like... It's funny. I haven't gone to any restaurants. I haven't even gone to a grocery store. Uh, we get everything delivered. Yes, uh, I, I think my first stop would be Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you're like i miss the inside of grocery stores i really
1: actually miss trader joe's like to the point where i like bargain with my husband very frequently about trying to let him uh, let me go to trader joe's like come on i'm like come on what if i just went what if i just went really early in the morning like in and out what if i just went real quick He's like, no
0: absolutely absolutely not you lost
1: he's like no not going i'm like shit (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, Trader Joe's, first stop, baby. And besides Trader Joe's, what would your dream vacation be after quarantine ends? Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm like, nope, just a tour of Trader Joe's around across America. Um, I want to go. Well, we were supposed to go, My husband and I were planning a trip to go to Japan in May this year. And we obviously didn't go. Yeah. Um, so that is still on the list of places to go.
0: Ooh, that'd be neat. That'd be a good one. Yeah, it'd be cool. So yeah, Japan. Well, and then um, lastly, to jump to the end a little bit, lastly, what, I mean, since during this, I guess, maybe downtime, what have you, have you been doing anything that you'd want to promote or um, whether it's anything entertainment wise or anything, just like random, like uh, crafts or anything? <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see. Yeah. Well, I, um, I mean, yeah, actually during the downtime, I've been doing a lot of writing recently, which has been cool. I, I did work on a, my one woman show. I got a little burnt out on it just cause I think theater like ended and I was like, what's the point of this? Um, but one day maybe that will be a thing that I could do. Yes. Um, I've actually written the show. So it's like, ready to go. I mean, I need some notes, but, you know, it's definitely, like, I completed it. Um, I also wrote a short film recently, and I, you know, I don't know if, like, it's feasible to make, you know, during this time, but it might be, and I think that's something I'd like to do, and then I've been taking a, a class, um, a writing class that I'm doing as well. So I've been, like, trying to stay creative and, like, you know, create my own work for potential future. And, um, you know, if I don't know what will ever come of any of it, but at least it's kind of, you know, keeping me busy. Yeah.
0: Have you talked about writing things for, like, Rockwell? Yeah, you know, um, Kate
1: asked me if I ever would be interested in writing one of the Umfo shows, but I don't know if I have that in me. I'm like, it just is a lot of work. Um, So I'm not sure if that would be something I'd ever really do. But actually, Jared, my husband, he writes, and he kind of was like, wants to write one. Um, And it was funny, it was before Ty Blue came out with his Titanic or Titanic one. Oh. And Jared, Jared was thinking of a musical parody of t- Titanic, but, you know, too
0: late. You snooze, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> and then would you ever think of taking something to the East Coast that you're at? Yeah, you know, I think I have,
1: like, a little, always, like, a little fantasy in the, in the back of my brain that I will do theater in New York. Um, I think, like, when I started writing my one-woman show about being on the Legally Blonde show, um... I think, you know, I think part of me kind of envisions, you know, doing it here and doing it there. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. Then part of me was like, maybe I should, like, film it somehow, but I don't know. Virtual stuff is on right now. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see if all of a sudden I get this, like, hair up my butt and I'm like, I gotta do this now. Sometimes that
0: happens to me. (laughs) Yes. Well... Uh, if that happens until, uh, to keep following like what you're doing and, uh, for future projects that you're doing, uh, where can people follow you on social media?
1: I am Natalie underscore Lander on Instagram and Twitter. And I started TikTok. <laughs> Woo! TikTok is a dark world that I don't think I want to be involved in.
0: Getting on that trend.
1: It's so weird, but yes, I'm I'm Natalie underscore Lander across all platforms.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you again for joining me on this and talking with me about theater and about entertainment industry and everything.
1: No, thanks. It's so good to see you. I mean, right? You know, I I feel like you take I take for granted, like you know, I would get to see you at Rockwell and like see you around, and so it's like. You know, so it's really nice to see you again and actually get to like chat because I also feel yeah. like when I see you, we're always like, Bye, you know, moving
0: around. Exactly. Exactly, and to get to talk to get to talk about someone who also goes through what I do with the with the whole age thing. Yeah, I mean, girl, you look so young. <laughs> I mean, you too.
1: So <laughs> it's better that way. I, I'm sure, but I, I totally know how kind
0: of annoying it is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. People think my sisters are my older sisters and they're not. Oh my God. I'm sure they love that. <laughs> <laughs> they love that. I'm like, guys, I'm three years older than you. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Yeah, it's so weird. And they love that. But, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video, or if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!